Hi, welcome to Harvest Church Podcast. We pray that as you listen today, you are blessed and encouraged. Thank you so much for listening in. If you want any more information about our ministry, we'd love you to jump onto our website, harvestaustralia.org. Have a great day. Remember, I'm trying to come up with classy um, titles for my sermons, okay? So sometimes they'll be corny, sometimes they'll be classy, but just bear with me. Killers of Kingdom Progress. How does that sound? Killers of Kingdom Progress. It sounds depressing, doesn't it, Roger? I know. I felt that. (laughs) Killers of Kingdom Progress. Well... I want to share on three things today that I've noticed in myself and in other people, things that stifle progressing in the kingdom. And I want to give you all three straight up. I'm not going to let you, you know, just sort of hang for 20 minutes. I'll just, just, just pump the IV straight into the arm full of, full of these three things. And the first one is boredom. The second one is introspectivity or introspective. And the third one is comfort. And these three things, I have noticed that if we either have one of them or all of them going on, we tend to have a little bit of stifling or slowing of our progress for Jesus and for his kingdom. Joyce Meyer, great female preacher, said this, Courage means to keep making forward progress while you are still feeling afraid. Still feeling afraid, but you're still progressing. You're still advancing. The truth is, none of us feel fully confident and comfortable stepping out. There's always a little bit of tension, always a little bit of nerves, a little bit of fear, uh, a little bit of anxiety attached to it. But when we do it for the kingdom and when we know God's yearning us, we actually feel good, don't we? It's, it's, It's interesting when we, if you down a whole block of chocolate, You never actually, after downing that whole block of chocolate, say, I am so glad I ate that. (laughs) Do you? You never do. Isn't that funny? Oh, there's some who are saying, yes, I want more. (laughs) Okay, you probably have an addiction we need to deal with that. Or a soul tie to chocolate or something. But when we do things that are good for us, and even if it means a little bit of fear and trepidation, we're actually stepping out. Once we've done it, we actually go, I'm glad I did that. I'm glad I did that. We, uh, well, we didn't, but one of our sheep had a lamb yesterday and we were going for a walk and we actually didn't know. Uh, I mean, we knew it was pregnant and and we knew it was going to happen sooner or later, but um, we ended up going for a walk and our dog as he does, ran up and down the street and we had to get him. And so that led us down to our far paddock where we saw this tiny little lamb in a tree barring away. It had been abandoned. And um, I know it's terrible, isn't it? Um, But anyway, so Natalia and Karen have been up all night feeding it and milking it. I mean, if it were me, it's like, nah, let it live. It's got, you know, survival of the fittest. But, But... but that nurturing heart comes out in them. And so they've been, you know, giving it bottle feeding it all night. And it's very cute. And I'm sure she'll Instagram it or something for everyone, you know, at some stage. 
Um, but the reason I'm saying that is because we, we were actually quite annoyed when we are going walking because our dog had got out. And it's like, oh my gosh, you know, now we've got to go and do this. But it's interesting, sometimes the situations God will put us in to bring us to a bit of fruit in our lives that we weren't expecting. Sometimes He'll push us out of our comfort zone to find the land. He'll push us out of our, even our time schedule. And I know for some of you, that's like, no way. My time schedule is my time schedule. And, and I'm a little bit like that sometimes when I've got my routine. And when my routine gets thrown out, it's like, oh man, my whole day can be thrown out. And um, so anyway, we, we had that experience, but we wouldn't have found the lamb if it weren't for that. So sometimes godly chaos is a good thing. Godly chaos. I don't mean bedroom untidy chaos. I just mean godly chaos. Sometimes he will just squirt in a little surprise that we weren't expecting and then we, and then we get thrown out a little bit, but then he re- releases something that we weren't expecting. Three things that, that I want to talk about today. Boredom is the first one. It's interesting in the West how bored people are actually often. Bored. Bored with life. Bored with what they're doing. Bored with work bored with maybe church, bored with different situations. And boredom is such a thing in the West that, um, I, don't, I don't know, if you're like me, you, you flick through memes from time to time and you just look at them and they just speak volumes over our lifestyle. Ever done that? Looked at a meme and it's just like, that says everything that I wanted to say in one sentence. And, um, and, and, but it's amazing how much time we spend on fruitless things. We spend less and less time on fruitless things now because we're chasing lambs and dogs and other things around and we're always chasing something, you know. And, uh, but our lives are fuller now with all sorts of things and we've specifically created that in our lives so that nature is a part of our lives and so that living is a part of our lives and being healthy and exercising and looking after ourselves. It's an intentional part of the way we live. And... Um, one of the things that we've realized that these things don't chase us down. They don't chase us down. We've got to chase them down. We've actually got to go after them. We've got to go after those things that are good. We've got to, got to go after the fruit that we actually know is godly. But it takes some effort to get there. Believe me, it takes effort to chase a good dog. Even the cutest and most gorgeous of dogs, it still takes some effort to go and get them and to train them. But once you got them, I know you want to wring their neck like I did yesterday, but it's good. Chase down those things that you know God's got for you. God has good things for every single one of us. He has amazing things for you waiting even this week, this month, this year. Some of those things you're going to have to go after. Some of them aren't going to fall on you. They're not just going to drop into your lap. You might actually have to stir up some of the gifts and talents that God's given you and use them to actually go after them and find the lamb, so to speak. Proverbs 10 verse 4 says this, Lazy hands make for poverty, but diligent hands bring wealth. Now, whether it's wealth or whether it's health or whether it's vibrant life or whatever realm of life we know God's got for us, lazy hands are not going to bring it about. Sometimes we're, we're, we're bored 
But if we ask ourselves some questions and we actually go, well, okay, I'm, I'm bored with life and I don't know what I'm doing and I don't know where I'm going. What am I actually doing about it? Well, am I praying about it uh, for extended periods of time? No. Am I actually, you know, doing something of value to actually build toward that? Maybe doing a course or researching or, or actually asking people, meeting with people and, and finding out about that? No. Well, then generally our boredom is something that we want then. Because unless we're doing something about it, then we actually enjoy the boredom. Because we enjoy the boredom and we put up with that more than we do the fear of stepping out and actually doing something about it. And so sometimes it's just a momentary thought of realizing I don't have to live like this. I don't have to be bored. I'm not called to be bored. I'm not called to be fruitless. I'm actually called to be royalty and highly fruitful and have vitality and health and a vigor that actually when people around me, they actually enjoy my company. And this is something that we go after, as you know, if you've, if you've known us for any certain amount of time, you'll know that we take it seriously. We take health seriously and, and our well-being seriously and our marriage seriously and our lives seriously, our kids and, and all of that stuff. But we've had to go after that stuff. Being bored and just waiting for it, it hasn't happened that way. We've actually had to get aggressive sometimes. Do you know if if there's areas of your life that you're just absolutely sick of being fruitless, then get aggressive. Get aggressive. Get aggressive on your knees before Jesus and, and maybe set a new goal of, okay, it is time that I don't keep slapping that alarm every morning. I know it's so tempting. And this morning it was tempting as well because we had a lamb barring all night. It was like having, you know, it's like having a fourth child again. I'm like, this is why I got the snip. So this doesn't happen. I'm not sure in Farsi how that translates, but, you know, we'll... Okay, we better move on. <laughs> introspective, introspective. Philippians chapter 2, verse 4. Philippians chapter 2, verse 4 says this. Do not merely look out for your own personal interests, but also for the interests of of others. Have this attitude in yourself, which is also in Christ Jesus, who, although he existed in the form of God, did not regard equality with God a thing to be grasped. Do not merely look out for your own personal interests, but for the interests of others. This is a life that isn't introspective. It's actually looking around the world around us and saying, what can I be to build in other people? Who can I be to actually advance the kingdom of God around me, not just in me? As much as we want the kingdom of God advanced in us, there's nothing wrong with that because we've got to start with that. But then His kingdom expands. His kingdom multiplies. The kingdom of God is contagious. And when you're around people who are inspired by Jesus, they're contagious. They're contagious. You, you, you get something from your time with them. And, you know, even though they may not have everything worked out in their life, they know Jesus. And we want to know them because they know Jesus. And so introspectivity will always lead us to selfishness. 
but being a person who looks beyond ourselves, we actually look without, we look on the outside, we'll actually be people who are selfless and people who are kingdom-minded and bear fruit for the kingdom because we'll actually be living our lives not just in a bubble of me, in a me bubble. You know, we, we can all have them from time to time, can't we? And there's nothing wrong. Every now and then you can go in the me bubble when you just need to shut out the world. You just go inside that bubble and don't listen to anyone and it's okay. But when we live our lives that way, we become so selfish because we're focused on me. We're focused on what am I doing? What am I, what am I going to get out of this? Or what am I going to achieve? And it's always me focused. This is a very selfish way to live. It's not the way Jesus came to, to actually empower us and release us to do great exploits for the kingdom. And so if you've realized that, yeah, wow, I'm just thinking too much about myself, and all of us do it from time to time, then all it takes is just a shift in our thinking. That's all it does, just shift in our thinking. So that all of a sudden, we stop thinking of ourselves and we start thinking about other people. One of the best things I reckon to get out of a selfish mode is actually just start giving financially to someone else. You know, it might be a, a homeless person or it might be, you know, an organization or a church or something like that. It might be a situation where you have to step out of your fear and your anxiety and just give $100 or give $1,000 or whatever it is. You actually make a donation because when you do that, you can't be selfish. It's very hard to be selfish and give money. You ever realize that? Very, very difficult to be selfish and give money. Now, you can gripe and groan as you give the money, but the act of actually giving money does something. It transacts something in our hearts that where we actually look at it and we go, okay, I'm giving my money now. This faith thing better actually work because it's going in the plate. Lord, I hope you're real. It's in. You better actually do what you said you're going to do. Ever felt like that when you're giving? That's called faith. Faith is a very selfless way to live. And it's a good way to get out of our fear and out of our comfort zone and actually step out of it and begin giving, whether it's financially or in other ways. Even praying for other, um, other groups, other people is a great way to get out of our own comfort zone and our own headspace. Um, I do this regularly. You know, there's different people we're believing for to come to know Jesus or different situations and, and sometimes even situations where they're just purely annoying people. It is one of the most selfless acts to pray for annoying people. I dare you to try it. So think of someone you're really annoyed with right now. Don't yell out their name. Brian. <laughs> There's always a few that you can safely just, just abuse from the pulpit and they're okay with that. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Believe me, this podcast will not go up on Wednesday. <laughs> okay, the third thing is comfort. Comfort. Comfort is a good thing if it comes in the right ways. But if it's comfort in the sense of living comfortable lives, we as believers in Jesus are not called to live comfortable lives. As nice as we want to look and sound and live and we want all those things, we're not called ultimately to live comfortable lives. We are meant to be a little bit uncomfortable. And most of you have read through the New Testament. And if you've read any of Paul's writings, he actually makes it really plain that you are going to face trials, that you are going to face struggles, that we will actually go through things that we're not going to enjoy 
dare I say it? And actually, we're meant to be joyful in those situations. And it's our joy in those situations which will testify who we believe in. If we can have joy through trials and give glory to God, then actually people will see God in us and they'll say, wow, that's a testimony of Jesus. It's a good thing when we can actually rejoice even in trials. Now, I don't want to make light of trials because many people go through different things and we have loss and we have hard times. And these are times where things aren't easy. But the Word of God surpasses how we feel. It surpasses how we feel, even in those moments. And the Word of God says, consider it pure joy when you face trials of many kinds. And this means that we can actually get to know God in a deeper way. John 15, 16 says this, You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit and that your fruit should abide. So that whatever you ask, the, whatever you ask the Father in my name, He may give it to you. He chose you. The fact that you're here today, He chose you. He has gifted you. He has called you. He has anointed you. And He has things that only you can do. No one else can do those things because it's your supernatural fingerprints on that gift, on that anointing. Sure, we have similarities and we have all sorts of things, but if you've ever wondered why what works for someone else doesn't work for you, it's because God's called you to be you. He hasn't called you to be them. And so when we actually realise that's my spiritual identity, that's theirs, but that's my spiritual identity, and we get out of our comfort zone, we actually get to know our true self. Because if we're bored and we're introspective and we're just looking at everyone else, we're just trying to get to know them. We're not trying to get to know ourselves. Our, our, our mandate is to get to know God in us and who we're actually created to be. Because when we're acting out and when we're being selfish and we're being bored, that's not who we really are. It's not actually who we are. That's just the symptoms of bad living and bad thinking and bad habits. But that's not who we're created to be. We're created to be vibrant believers and testifiers to Jesus Christ. And we're actually called, we have a mandate to go forth and multiply. Multiply. That's actually getting out of our comfort zone, isn't it? Whatever it looks like, getting out of our comfort zone. He has chosen you. He has called you. He has appointed you. He has anointed you. And there's scriptures to back all of that up. Sometimes we just need to remind ourselves, wow, He actually has done that for me. He's done that for me. I, I don't have to just sit and wait for someone to come and release me into this or that or the other. Actually, I'm called to get out of my comfort zone now. So whatever that looks like, it might be your prayer closet. It might be saying, okay, Lord, it's time I just stop being selfish. I'm going to pray for people. One thing I do is pray for other churches because it's just something I've found really healthy for me to do. And just in this area, I'll just pray. And sometimes they're just, you know, micro prayers. Just, you know, when you throw a prayer from 10Ks away, it's like, just bless them, Jesus. You know, he hears that anyway. And, and, but it does my heart good to do things like that. And same with giving, giving into certain situations sometimes. It does my heart good to just give into situations where, it's, where I know it's going to release blessing and maybe not comfortable, but it's going to be a good thing to do. And so 
stepping out of our comfort zone, I believe actually is where God wants us, where He's called us to be. Just not, not radically uncomfortable. <laughs> it depends where you live, you know. If you live on the mission field, you just preach radical uncomfortability wherever you are. But we're in the West, so we've got to be a little bit comfortable, don't we? We've got to have lattes and we've got to have a screen and LED lights. And I'm just stirring some thoughts this morning, you know what I mean? That sometimes the reason we're not seeing the fruit that we actually want to see is because we're just too comfortable. Now, I hate preaching like this because I know what's going to happen this week. There'll be some uncomfortable situations. And God will say, I told you so. <laughs> You were stupid preaching that thing anyway. I didn't tell you to. (laughs) We're called to bear fruit for his kingdom. Every single one of us. Every single one of us. If there's any limitations, maybe these three might help, but maybe there's other areas. I just want to stir up some thinking today of how we can actually bear greater fruit for the kingdom. We believe that God has really called us as a community to start impacting the community in, in really significant ways. We're praying into that. We're believing for that. And uh, right down from here to the Odinga region and beyond, you know, we're still praying into that and praying into a church campus down there next year. So be praying of all these things because God is on the move. I mean, there's that saying in, in Narnia, Aslan's on the move, but that really comes from God is on the move because he is on the move. He wants to advance. He wants to increase. And we're all called to be part of it, every single one of us. I want you to stand this morning, and I want to just pray over us this morning. Thanks, guys. Just lift your hands, and we just want to pray together this morning that God would take us on, take us on, stretch us a little bit, maybe make us a little bit uncomfortable or a lot uncomfortable, whatever He chooses, but that He would begin to really move in significant ways in our lives. And that's our prayer for all of us, for all of you guys, is that God would begin to move in significant ways in your life, begin to stretch things, begin to advance things. People that you've believed for, Salvation for years and years and years would, would begin to come to you and ask, how do I get to know this Jesus? And, uh, and other areas of breakthrough, maybe it's a job, maybe it's a promotion, maybe it's other areas that you've been seeking God for where there's been blockages. Jesus, today we ask for a releasing of blockages. Lord, if it's been selfishness, if it's been comfortability, if it's been just looking on the inside of who we are all the time, or if it's been just sheer Western boredom and laziness, then we lay it all at the cross today. We lay it all at the cross. I lay it at the cross today, Lord Jesus. And I ask, Lord, that you would take these things from us, that you would infuse us with power today to say yes to those things that you want us to say yes to, to say no to those things that you want us to deny and turn away from. And Lord, that you would fill us with motivation from heaven, motivation from heaven, not just man's motivation or a system or a movement's motivation, but motivated by Christ, motivated by Christ. What does that look like? What does it look like to be motivated by Christ? Motivated by you, Jesus. 
Holy Spirit, I pray today for a fresh infilling of your power, a fresh infilling of your power to say yes, to say yes to those areas of our lives. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Lord, we pray that you would so fill us with your fresh ideas, fresh creativity, fresh inspiration from heaven. Lord, that it would be easy to flow with whatever you've got for us, easy to bear fruit for the kingdom, easy to bear fruit. And whether it's in pruning season or harvest time, we will bear fruit irrespective. All of it's godly. Pruning and harvest are both godly seasons. Whatever season you're in, go for it. Go for it. Go for it. Say yes to Him, even today. Say yes to Him in those areas that He's asking you to say yes. Whatever it might be, today is a great day to just say yes, Lord. I say yes to those things, Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Lord, I thank you that you are the God of heaven and earth. You're in full control. Nothing worries you. Nothing scares you. You are in such peace about everything in our lives and the world around us. Lord, we step into that peace today and we just say, have your way, Lord Jesus. Have your way in our lives. Lord Jesus, let your kingdom come. Let your will be done in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen.